Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. Join us for the best in relationships, family, health, well-being, spirituality, intuitive development, the future, and the past. All present in the Love Cafe. The Love Cafe call-in line 347-308-8478. That's 347-308-8478. And now, Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. Well, it is great to be with you on a Wednesday afternoon, early evening, depending on where you are in the world. And hey, if you're over in China, although you've never written to me, happy Thursday. It is time for the Love Cafe with your host, Scott Cluthy. So great to be back with you uh, weekly. And uh, we have more shows online, many good shows coming up. And But right now, I'm all focused about getting centered, if you will, on today's show. It's a pleasure uh, to welcome to the Love Cafe, Suzanne Skirlock-Durana. And Suzanne, forgive me if I mangled that too much. You did it perfectly, Scott. Thank you. Yikes. Well, thank you. And and you are working a vein, and you have for many decades, obviously, uh, to bring such great work forward. Uh, from New World Library, by the way, the new book, and that's, you know, you guys know it's one of my favorite imprints, really, for work that I think is of both substance and moving us forward. And uh, that's what this is all about. And it's funny because it always comes back to, uh, well, I was going to say Mother Earth. Eric Eric uh, said that with the war. and That's another story. But anyway, it comes back to your body. It comes yeah. back to your place of being in time and space. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. the, the carrier of that which you are, the vessel – and it's funny because online today, Suzanne, I just wrote, you know, get out of your head, get into your body. Or, uh, or as they used to say with a great song from the early 70s, uh, you know, free your ass and your mind will follow. So that's one way of putting it. But, um, <laughs> I love that. Who sang that? Thank you. Who sang that? I forget. I have too many <laughs> records now. And, of course, that's all I'm doing is burning records to CDs to MP3 trials. And the new book is Reclaiming Your Body. And it literally, folks, uh, if you take the time to listen, you're going to, oh, well, I'm in touch with my body. I work out every day. I run. Look at me. I'm low carbs. I lost 20 pounds last year. Aren't I great? It's too bad I haven't had a relationship in 40 years. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Reclaiming your body, healing from trauma, and awakening to your body's wisdom. And that's the part that's important to me, your body's wisdom. What is self-contained within your cellular structure that you may not even be aware of, you may be totally aware of, but is there residing, waiting for you to touch heart to it. So, Suzanne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, I want to share a little about you, though, that people need to know. Uh, healing from the core is her curriculum that she combined with uh, craniosacral therapy and other bodywork modalities. And believe me, there's almost as many modalities as there are people who take them and create something unique in their self-exploration. I remember the first time I got a Feldenkrais session, I said, are you Feldenkrais? We stopped it already. That's a long time mm-hmm. ago. You must be the person who created this because who else would do this? But it, it was actually great. Uh, so a lot of different kinds of work of the body. She creates a complete body-centered guide to awareness, healing, and joy. She's the author of Full Body Presence, and she teaches around the world, lives in beautiful Reston, Virginia, 
and uh, healingfromthecore.com is your website. You know, Suzanne, everybody has a story to share. And I do, and people love stories, and I like to know because then it makes me sound like I know what I'm doing uh, so that I can ask good questions. But I, I actually wanted to ask you about something that's very present in the news. It's actually it's what they're running the video clips of the most today. And mm-hmm. it actually speaks to your work, to uh, trauma, to body wisdom. And I just wondered, have you seen, and I, you probably saw it during the campaign, but today there, uh, uh, Hillary uh, Rodham Clinton released her book. And the one thing she spoke about on one of the networks this morning was about that rather um, freakish, really, event of her personal space being invaded on stage mm-hmm. by our president. The old walking yeah. up. And when I saw that, I thought, is he doing lurch like from the Adams family? You've mm-hmm. got to be kidding me. But I, And yeah. then to hear Hillary talk about it in her personal space and the energy, what what does it – that can be traumatic if it's unprocessed. Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. that's a very strange yeah. thing, moving into a personal space of someone, isn't it? Yes, it is. And I have to say, I had women who talked with me about that particular um, really? debate mm-hmm. after it happened, and they said, oh, my God, I was traumatized by that. I said – Wait, wait, wait. Don't be traumatized by it. Look at how Hillary handled it. She felt him entering her space. She strengthened her core. She held her ground, and she had healthy boundaries. And in the end, she was an incredible role model for all women with men, or it could be women with women or men with men, who are predators. And we clearly yes. have we we clearly have a, a dumpster fire going in the White House right now. So I just, I mean, I hate, I hate to be political, but that's very clearly what's happening. And she held her ground. And I haven't read her book, and I didn't hear her interview. So I don't know what she said about that. But that's what I said about that, that particular debate that she was in. What did she share? I'm just curious, Scott. You know, it was, it was interesting because that's – listen, my wife and I uh, work with the elderly uh, and and those who are, who are have a disability on hearing, right. we've done a lot of work around elderly uh, dementia, healthcare over the years. But right now, mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. So we spend so much time driving, and Houston's so big. I mean, from one end to the other, uh, installing phones to help people open up their communication world again, mm-hmm. and it's revolutionary. Mm-hmm. So I don't have much time to see. I, I'm kind of a news junkie, but I haven't really had time because we're too busy doing work. But I did see the only clip they played was her and then her statement about it, which was there's two things. There's two things at the time. While this is happening in real time, we know how that is. You know, we're multi-trackers. She said, you know, I thought, should I turn to the audience and say, uh, what would you do? (laughs) Because I knew it was going on. Or, Or should I turn around and confront the bully I have no problem, right. by the way. He, he's a bully right. from the right. get-go. He he's obviously no, was brutalized no, somewhere by his own. But, exactly. You know, or get out of my face. What the hell do you think you're doing entering my space, buster? Which, mm-hmm. you know, running for president probably wouldn't have come off so well. But she said something similar to that, Suzanne. Right, she did. Um, she did. She held her ground, which was really, I thought, yeah. very 
inspiring for women everywhere. And it was fascinating because I, I do work with a lot of traumatized people. And in sure. the wake of that particular debate, the the grouping was split right down the middle. Women that had been traumatized, raped, brutalized, um, uh, child abuse, saw him as the perpetrator, and they were traumatized by that debate. Women who had done their work, stood in their power, were absolutely inspired by what she did in that debate. So it's a very interesting thing. And the more I shared with those who had been traumatized, they went, wow, I'd never thought of it that way. Wow, oh, I could see it that way. Huh, look at that. So it was interesting. It was very interesting to shift their perception to here is a powerful woman who actually should be in the White House. And this is what... This is what took place, and this is how she handled it in a very integrous way. Yeah. 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 One, one thing I do love is, and I'll get off of this, and let's talk, focus on your work, but, and all of our work, but I, I do love the fact that they said that Hillary speaks in a way uh, of honesty and authenticity she has not before. And look, I know I'm a big astrology guy for like 45 mm-hmm. years. She's mm-hmm. a Scorpio. So they do come, sometimes they stuff it in the back box, and you can't crack that, and that smile does not mean what you think it does. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad to hear that maybe with the pressure off of the cappuccino machine of running for office, she can come out and be that authentic Hillary Clinton that mm-hmm. I was so mad didn't get the nomination eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, but you know, uh, I, I go. think that I think I, I know people that know her personally, and they say that in the private sector, it, you know, when you're just one on one with her, what an incredible human being she is. And so right. yeah, I I agree. Actually, with was was a very uh, we we really do have a, a dumpster fire going right now in the White House. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. And my work, I feel quite honestly, Scott, because I'm I'm here within 25 minutes of the White House. This is where I live. And seriously, my work, okay. Seriously, my work is to help people stay centered, grounded, stay in their gut, stay in their hearts, and really right. stay well boundaried so that they can feel what is a peripheral dumpster fire that's really not worth paying any attention to, which is most right. of it. And and what really is dangerous or worrisome or whatever, and, and what is in each person's life that I work with, what's yours to do in these times that we're living in? What is yours to do? And I'm I keep concentrating on that every day. What's mine to do? It's to teach people how to be in their bodies, grounded, full, present, so that they know what they need to do in any given moment. They're not trying to do what they feel like they should do, what they ought to do, what they could do, but what's theirs to do? What's their what is actually theirs to do? And at this, you know, when you're at ground zero like I am, um it's uh there's a lot there's a lot of turbulence. And so to stay grounded and stay steady and to really support the people that are out there on the firing line you know, knocking on doors, doing all the stuff that needs to be done. That's, I see that as my role at this point. I, I'm going to teach people how to get the foundation of their bodies so they can do what they came here to do at a soul level. Yeah. You know, when I look out, Suzanne, uh, and, and because now I've passed into my 60s and... and um, Me too. And, Me too, and, by the way. Yep. But but, but working, working with a lot of seniors just sort of 
because a, a woman who's a dementia expert asked me to co-host and produce a show with her. So that's gone on for a number of years. Laura Wayman, who's a incredible woman, she's published by Johns Hopkins, the only woman to ever have a dementia book become a bestseller through Johns Hopkins. That's for sure. That's great. But that's so great. I learned so much with her and my lovely wife Faye and her background in in healthcare and all that. So it's really been a learning process because I come to it from the media aspect. But, you know, I was getting massaged on a table in the radio studio of KPFT back in the 70s on the air live because mm-hmm. I thought it was important to let people know what was going on. Right, right. And touch. But it's touch true. Touch is a really key it's, piece, yeah. Yeah, and so, so what saddens me is to see so many people who've progressed so far in not just the dietary, because later I'm going to be running a show with Catherine Price called Vitamania yeah. uh, about our uh, over-addiction to vitamins versus actually eating right and living right, and what your your work fits totally in that model, uh, healthy lifestyle, holistic and dynamic, that really people, it's not that hard to do. You just make a commitment to yourself, your kids, your mm-hmm. husband, your wife, your mm-hmm. partner, mm-hmm. significant other, your animals, and start mm-hmm. doing it. And you yeah. don't have to go black to white. Just introduce a little change, and you'll be shocked. Yeah. But I see so many yeah. twisted bodies, Suzanne, bodies that are almost, they look really beyond, you know what I mean, beyond mm-hmm. their cell date. And yet they're still going to be here for 20 years. They're going to be a burden on themselves, their family, the healthcare system. That's mm-hmm. where the money's going is taking care of the elderly right now because we're living longer but not stronger. Mm-hmm. And what is the possibility you see with your work for at, I'm not going to say reversing but I'm going to say diminishing and and uh, uh and polishing and bringing what is possible for people to get back in touch with their bodies because I walk around looking at people who are wider than they are tall and it's really it's not okay with me yeah so I think I think the really key piece happens in every single moment Scott we have to be willing to listen to what's going on in our internal landscape. We have to cultivate curiosity, awareness, and then trust of the signals that we get about what's going on internally because that's the way we find our way home to what will be a healthy body. And I do quite honestly feel saddened when I see people that have been, for instance, obese for all their lives. Because they don't, yes, they, don't even, do they, don't even, they don't even have a baseline of what it would feel like to weigh an amount that's healthy that allows them to move and enjoy life and and be free of all the excess weight. So there's a very interesting piece that's going on right now, and I'm very happy to hear you're doing um, a, an additional radio show with someone that's going to talk about supplements and nutrition and all the things that can help us start to get back in touch more deeply. My work is about teaching people about awareness and the felt sense of being in your body and listening and learning how to translate those signals and being willing to do the educational work to learn what does it mean if my belly is in a twist. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean you have cancer. It might mean you ate the wrong thing at lunch. Okay, So these are all the kinds of things that I teach people layer by layer by layer. So that they can, yeah, can find their way yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can be yeah. overwhelming when we have a lot to give. You know, we've lived a lot yeah. of life and we've learned yeah. a lot of 
knowledge, and we have mm-hmm. to, we want to share it. And it can be overwhelming. So I'm I'm sure I can just hear it in your voice, uh, the sensitivity as you approach this. And we do learn as it's funny how we grow older, we grow wiser by simplifying, don't we? And it actually makes a bigger footprint. <laughs> but um, reading not everybody. We, we've look, got not. Not everybody many, grows wiser. Many some people, people grow more. Many, some people grow more rigid. Some people they get stiff. grow well, wiser. All right. Okay. Well, let's. I, armies of the rigid, please listen to the show and 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 <laughs> bend over. <laughs> God no. Sorry. But, uh, you know, I have to say, I have to say, my my um. My grandmother used to say, you know, when people get older, they don't get better; they just get more so. And I thought, well, that's true for some people, but it's not true for right. everyone. You know, it's not true no, for everyone. Not. I know, I know. I feel more alive today than I did 20 years ago. I've just because I've I've really cultivated a sense of my own internal landscape, my aliveness, my what feeds yeah. my soul? What's my soul here to do? And am I following that path? Yeah. And that's what this book is really yeah. about because yeah. the body is one of the key ways that you figure out am I on the right track or not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. I will double down on that. And yeah. I have gratefully become uh being an Aquarian sun and a Virgo rising, I was out of touch with the Virgo a lot until I uh, uh, really came to body work and um, have, over the course of a, a few decades, it's you know a process of self-learning, talking to great minds like you and doing great work with people, um, become so much more in tune with my body, what its needs are, and what it's telling me and trusting, trusting the gut, Mm-hmm. Listening Pressing to the pelvic area, you know, yeah. the power, mm-hmm. um, uh, moving with the heart and, and br- trying to bring and understanding the heart-centered mind as well as the mind-centered mind, that thing that's out there in space or in between your ears or wherever it might be. They can't really locate it, can they? But um, so 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 there's such power in so becoming attuned to your body that it actually guides you where to go yeah. and what not to do and what job to turn down and who to pick up the phone and call. And mm-hmm. the intuitions, uh, I've worked with so many high-end uh, intuitives over the many years. Carmen Har is one of them. She's actually a very close friend of the Clintons. And uh, she was sending me a picture of her with Billy from three weeks ago, Billy Bob and uh, Bubba. And... Um, and uh, and uh, hanging out with her, and but but she she has uh, uh, learned to use her body as her tuning fork to uh, a reality and a truth for people, some kind of mm-hmm. guidance, and that's all possible. Now I know now you talk about the chakras, the sacral centers, and uh, it, it it it, and I've never found it. It's critical for people to under to to be uh, chakra, uh, you know, experts or gurus in order to work with it. And yet uh, it is founded and grounded in very ancient Eastern traditions that mm-hmm. sustain. They they sustain. When something's true and true and true and true and true and true, when you remove your blinders and your, your, you know, your programming of your culture or beliefs, you find a truth that can work for you. And so yeah. how does that work yeah. of, of tuning into the pelvic area? You know the joints, the hips, the knees, the the shoulders, 
the different parts of the body. How does that work when you're working with your workshops, with your clients? And what do you think is most important for people to understand about that sort of roadmap to work with? Yeah. You know, I think that the book gives you, number one, it gives you a conceptual framework. So it, like, color, it, it, it gives you the outline, the structure, like a coloring book without colors, and, but, but with all the drawings. And then as you begin to embody in all these different areas, it actually is like you're coloring in the lines. So one of the things I've seen as a craniosacral therapist is that every single cell in the body is meant to be speaking with and communicating with every other single cell in the body. And so I, I love that HeartMath Institute has done amazing research on the heart in the last two decades. I love that there's a lot of incredible research on the gut and the enteric brain in the last decade. Um, this is great. But the two of them are not the only important parts of the body. And we're meant to have our pelvis. You know, you go to the Vedic traditions, the yogic traditions, and they talk about the root chakra. You go to Chinese medicine, they talk about the GVCV point. They speak about the fact that the core of our power as human beings, like the engine, lies in the pelvis. Then you look at uh, feet and legs. I mean, feet and legs are, someone recently, one of my interviewers recently called it the red-haired stepchild. People use their feet and legs, the wisdom in their feet and legs all the time, but they call it something else. They might say, oh, my heart or my gut. And it's really that you got your shoes on, you went and took a walk when you were trying to figure out what to do. And when you came home, you knew the answer. That's because you activated your feet and legs. I mean, that's, a, that's kind of a key piece. And the bones, oh, our bones hold so much steadiness and clarity for us. And each one of these areas is not a chakra at all. It's actually an entire area of the body, but it has a particular characteristic. It's almost like um, a neighborhood, if you will. It's, uh, the, the bones have a particular wisdom, feet and legs, pelvis, gut, heart, the brain. The brain is the great strategizer and map maker for us. When, all, when you have really good connection between your body wisdom and your brain, it's really easy to take your creativity and your inspiration for life and your joy and actually turn it into plans that you can follow through on. So that's, I mean, it's, it's all meant to work together, absolutely. And anybody that wants to champion one area or the other, I say, thank you very much, and what about? And then I start to talk about the other areas in the body because they're important. You're listening to the voice of Suzanne Skirlock-Durana. This is Scott Cluthy, and it's Love Cafe Live on Blog Talk Radio. Her new book is Reclaiming Your Body, new, uh, her new book that explains how to heal from trauma and awaken the body's wisdom. And that's, uh, I think that's the most important key for many people, uh, trauma. Talk a little about trauma and the different forms that trauma can take mm. and uh, perhaps how the body deals with that trauma, what happens when we're mm. not, you know, consciously aware or in tune to our body to some degree about trauma. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because all of the experiences in our lives, all of them, can cause very tiny traumas, large traumas, long-lasting traumas, short-term trauma. But anytime something really stresses and causes you to shrink inside or 
dissociate, like evacuate the premises, feel like where you get tightened down inside and then you just go numb. Um, anything mm-hmm. like that that sticks around for a long time can really be uh, defined as trauma. And I think that when I began doing cranial work 30 years ago, you know, we thought, oh, Vietnam vets have trauma. And people, adults who have been abused as children, they have trauma. Um, if a person has been raped, they have trauma. If someone's been hit by their spouse, they have trauma. But it was all big, physical stuff. What we now understand is that there's so many different levels to trauma and something like, uh, you know, a good third of the northeast of the United States ended up with PTSD, ended up with trauma. Watching what happened at 9-11 on the media over and over and over again because they were completely helpless to do anything to help anybody. And that in and of itself causes a traumatic reaction in the body, a shrinking down, a tightening down, a sense of helplessness. So these kinds of things can cause us to actually literally move out of the present moment to go into fear. So we're caught in a traumatic past moment or we're terrified of the future. But we're no longer living in the sensory present moment. And when that occurs, we lose touch with the wisdom of the navigational system of the body. All these wisdom areas, you can no longer hear them because you are stuck in the past or the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, or and and we go numb. We yeah. just disconnect or we yeah. or we medicate. We medicate a lot in right. this culture. Right, we do medicate yeah. a we lot medicate in a lot. this culture. Yeah. 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 yeah, we sure do. Yeah. Um you have uh, within the book uh reclaiming your body from my guest Suzanne uh, Skurlock Durana and it's from New World Library. So you want to check that out and her website healingfromthecore.com. You have a, a body intelligence quiz, which you mm-hmm. uh, remind people of on your uh, the twelfth chapter, which is really sort of a summation and a plan, a twenty eight day action plan for people mm-hmm. uh, opening their life intentionally. Uh, do you find the people you work with when they start with the body intelligence quiz really come out after working with you, whether long term or you know through a workshop, whatever it might be, really? start to move forward quickly, how fast can we start to truly become body aware, reclaim our body? Mm -hmm. You know, I have to say, Scott, that depends completely on your willingness to commit to it and how often you're willing to practice. Some people come to my work wanting just more in life, but they haven't had any real trauma. And then just to establish the practices that I talk about and that I teach, they get it, you know. They're they're able to practice for 30 days, 60 days every day, and then it really sinks in, and it becomes second nature. I've had some other people that I've worked with across the years who took me aside and they said, "Okay, listen, Suzanne, when you're teaching people, you need to tell them that if you've had severe trauma, like I have, and I've seen some severe trauma in my students, I have had to practice your work every day for a year or two before it became second nature. But once it became second nature, I became under stress, or the rock of Gibraltar versus the hot mess that I could have been and that I used to be. Rather than getting caught in my trauma drama, I'm now able to sink my roots in, fill my container, my energy reservoir, 
so that I have yeah. healthy boundaries and I make better choices because of that. And it's so simple and yet it really makes a profound difference in your life. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it makes uh, for me uh what I find is it makes a significant difference even to what I do eat or do not eat. Exactly. Especially when I know I'm being stressed out or you know having to do something with intensity or something that maybe I'm resisting wanting to do, but I kind of mm-hmm. have to. It's just not a should, but it's just mm-hmm. you got to do it, you know, to do mm-hmm. something else. Um, that my body will tell me that don't eat that right now. That's, mm-hmm. that's not what, you know, that's not going to sustain you. You know, don't start chugging Red Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've had enough exactly. coffee already. Put the but caffeine you know what I'm down. Saying. Grab some good protein, it, the, some nut butters. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. also not to, you know, not to become too heavy. I mean, because mm-hmm. I can get heavy, you know. So, mm-hmm. don't be too heavy, literally, mm-hmm. in the body, like knocking yourself out with a bowl of pasta or ice cream to get over your boohoo. That's right. probably not a good way to go. That's true. That's true. <laughs> because you know, it, and they've now shown. I mean, research. I just got two different articles in the last six months from the New York Times about <laughs> how processed foods and sugar have the exact same reaction on the dopamine receptors in the brain that cocaine does. Just to give you an idea, they're equally addictive in a lot of ways. So that's yeah. why that bowl of pasta, that bowl of ice cream just sends you down a black hole you really don't want to go down because you know for 48 hours after you eat that stuff that your your little dopamine receptors are going to be like hungry mouths going, give me more, give me more. And it's not because it's really good for you. It's because you triggered those dopamine receptors um, yeah, in the addictive yeah. process. And it's it's really kind of an interesting dance, isn't it? Yeah. 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 There's a lot there. I know the, those times that maybe I end up with ice cream or a celebration or something like that, I know that when I wake up, I'm going to feel like I was drinking. Yeah, but I don't had, drink. a hung, had a hangover. Because yeah. the body's going to be like, yeah. whoa. And so that's when you do your triple latte to knock yourself back. <laughs> <laughs> and you've just hit the roller coaster of life, bud. Exactly. So, you know, like that. I mean, that's that's the tr- that's the truth, Judge. Mm-hmm. So tell us what we can find at your website, HealingFromTheCore.com. Mm-hmm. And I do know when p- people pick up a copy of Reclaiming Your Body from New World Library, there's also some audio downloads that are available. Yes. Tell us about your website yes. and your work. You know, one of the things that I'm really known for is that I try to make really complex information simple and understandable to the average person. And I want to help people have an actual experience of it, not just understand it intellectually or conceptually. I want you to be able to have that experience. So what you have when you pick up my book, Reclaiming Your Body, or the first one, Full Body Presence, you can go to my website, put in the password that's in the book, and then there are free audio downloads that go with the books that actually help you get walked through, if you will, the exercises that will help you into a state of consciousness that will help you feel your inner energy reservoir, your inner container of who you are, your inner landscape. Yeah. 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 It's just, it, that, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just as you progress. You just find out. They say, you know, 
when you have your health, you have your wealth. You have everything. That's right. And boy, when you don't have your health, it doesn't matter what you have. That's right. That's you know? exactly right. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I I appreciate you joining me on Love Cafe today. Great work, Suzanne. So. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll look forward to talking to you again in the future, and. Uh, uh, also, uh, the book "Reclaiming Your Body," a New World Library, and uh, remind our listeners on the other side of the break, I'll be coming back with Catherine Price, Vitamania, and also tell you about some great guests coming up on the show. A real diversity here in Love Cafe because you never know who's going to stop in and drop in at Love Cafe. But we thank you for dropping into the Love Cafe today, Suzanne. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Scott. All right. You take care and. Keep helping uh, those uh, those stick people, uh, you know, like <laughs> me, uh, become gumbies and flexible because that's <laughs> such a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big it dang a big deal. deal. It is a big deal. Thank right. you. <laughs> Have a great evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. We'll be back with more Love Cafe after this reminder. This is Scott Cluthy. We'll be right back with more from the Love Cafe. Don't forget our call in line 347-308-8478. And visit the Love Cafe on Facebook. Just look for Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe. We'll be right back. Hi, Scott Cluthy, host and producer of Love Cafe Radio and Love Cafe Video and other media as well. Glad you're listening tonight. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio show? Well, as a graduate of Coach University and a professional broadcaster over 30 years, I can guide you to your dreams of having your own talk show that sounds professional and is professional. Every aspect of your show, from the scripting to the concept to the execution, you'll be a professional in broadcasting after working with me, either on a monthly basis for long-term or short-term. To increase or improve your abilities as a broadcaster and do better programming, attract a larger audience, and even more quality guests because of the quality and professionalism of your broadcasting. I'd like to help you. Give me a call, 832-846-5270, or write to me at scott at lovecafehouston.com. And let's have a conversation about you becoming the potential radio star that's there within you today. Thanks. Welcome back to the Love Cafe with Scott Cluthy. Our call in line, 347 308 8478 for tonight's guest. Glad to have you in the Love Cafe. Now, Scott Cluthy and the Love Cafe. Yes, here live Wednesday afternoons, Blog Talk Radio, Love Cafe, your host, Scott Cluthy. Um, we're going to be moving to 6 p.m. Central, 7 Eastern, um, 4 p.m. Pacific, but that's about two or three weeks from now. But I want to tell you about next week's guest, which will be on in the same time slot. Uh, very well-known author, Steve Alton, and his new book, Undisclosed, a novel. Uh, and it is all about UFOs, ETs, governmental cover-up, and so on. But as a novel, Steve Alton actually has brought together a lot of information. He's a New York Times and international best-selling author of thrillers like Meg. 16 of them, that's quite a few actually. 
And this is actually about an, an actual event that happened to Steve and his wife where they witnessed UFOs. It was not that long ago. And uh, so he's he's woven the story with a lot of data and information he's actually received from those who, who would know, who've been in the government over the years at different levels, whether militarily or in uh, in the government itself. And so he's, he, he weaves that into the... The book. So it'll be very interesting to talk to Steve next Wednesday. Uh, that'll be six o'clock Eastern, five Central, and three Pacific. Uh, the week after that, Dr. Common Hotter rejoins me again for your questions and comments on intuition and what's happening. And uh, we should getting to uh, the month of September. And as I say, I believe the pitchforks are coming out. Also, we'll be looking to have Scott uh, Stabble on the show. His new book is called Big Love. It just came out, The Power of Living with a Wide Open Heart. And he should know. He had his parents murdered at the age of 14 and took some prying of himself to open up um, to love. So that will be a very interesting show, Big Love, The Power of Living with a Wide Open Heart. Next week, Steve Alton. Undisclosed, a novel. Right now, though, we continue in the Love Cafe with our second half of the show. And this is Catherine Price. And the book uh, is called Vitamania. And uh, basically what Catherine is saying, are we overdosing ourselves on vitamins we don't need versus the way we really should be going? Across America and around the world, it's time for another live edition of Positively Incorrect with your host, Scott Cluthy. And as uh, so often people say, well, what's Positively Incorrect mean, Scott? Scott? Well, there, there's a couple meanings, but one of the main meanings is that a lot of things that pass for being correct out there are positively incorrect. And tonight certainly points us toward one of them. It's a pleasure to welcome to Positively Incorrect. It's Catherine Price. Hello, Catherine. Good evening. Hi, Scott. She is standing by on her cell phone, so I'm loving that because I know you guys are listening on cell phones, right? <laughs> if you haven't downloaded this on iTunes yet. She is an award-winning uh, author and journalist of many, many regards, award-winning journalist who's written in multimedia work as well, has appeared in publications including the Best American Science Writing, New York Times, Popular Science, oh, the Oprah Magazine, we're talking here at the altar now, the Los Angeles Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Washington Post, and many others. And uh, it's it's really a pleasure, Catherine Price, to have you with us, especially with your new edition. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but she's not in the room with you, right? We don't get to hear her. No, in the back. <laughs> no, no. You won't well, congratulations. You and you're going to be taking your own best advice, all about not giving kids vitamins, because Catherine Price has written a a deeply researched uh, very um, scholarly and but also very accessible book uh, that came out in February. Vitamania, our obsessive quest for nutritional perfection. The surprising story of America's blind devotion to vitamins at the expense of our own health. And I know, folks, you're probably out there rattling your plastic bottles of vitamins right now. But I want to advise you, as always, you know, I love hearing from you. If you have a question or comment for Catherine Price this evening... It's always the same call-in number, 347-308-8478. Now, Catherine, you've been involved in working on different ideas of health and wellness, and I'm sure a number of different things as a journalist, of course. 
But what got you down the road of Vitamania? Was it just an an, an interest of yours? Was it a concern of yours? Was it a news story? You know how these things develop. What led you to write such a, an important book for our times for people to wake up about what they're putting in their bodies and why? Well, I think it, and fundamentally it was that. I'm always very curious about the backstories of things that we are very familiar with uh, and take for granted, but if you actually stop and think about them, we don't know anything about. And that was definitely true for me and vitamins. Um, I should clarify first, when I say vitamins, I'm actually talking mostly about the 13 dietary chemicals that we we need for our survival. In other words, uh, it's basically the letter vitamins, so A, A, sorry, A, C, E, T, K, uh, and the eight B vitamins. And um, what's very interesting to me as I researched this book, as I realized as I started looking into these, the story of these uh, 13 vitamins, is that we use the word vitamin to mean something much larger, which is the broader category of dietary supplements. And there are about 85,000 dietary supplements on the market in America today. So, you know, they're, they're very different things. With the 85,000. How many? Yikes. <laughs> you heard me the first time. So you could take one every day for quite a while, a different one, that you is. Could, yeah, you could just switch them back and forth. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking back to uh, growing up, you know, in Ohio and Texas and Philadelphia and all these places. And it was one a day. Take one a day. Just take one a day. And it was a little red thing. <laughs> and, you know, now, though, now and it was very small. You took one a day. But now... Now you have big things, and you take hand. Some people take quite a few handfuls of them, on the assumption that I guess it's the American way, isn't it? If something's good for you, more of it's got to be great. Yeah, exactly. It kind of reminds me of today at lunch. Um, I was with my husband, and we were at Chili's, and he tried to order like a beer, and they only had two for one. You had to get two. Beers. Only. He's like, I just want you one. You must beer. drink two beers. <laughs> Right, right. So the more the better. <laughs> so, what vitamins are in beer? Oh, that's a side issue. Okay. That's a good. Thing. Actually, you know, in in the in the yeast, um, there are a lot of B vitamins. <laughs> and in the 1930s, there was a product called a uh, vitamin D. Um, it was a Schlitz vitamin D beer, the sunshine beer. <laughs> so someone should make that, that again. But that lately. was a thing. Um, you know, it it's interesting because you know we you know we're always living in the now culture. So most of us, I mean, probably everybody, really, walking around planet Earth these days, you say vitamins, so, oh, yeah, sure, vitamins. But it wasn't always vitamins because vitamins weren't always known. And not only that, we had no idea what they did, or, you know, right. or where they came from. You, you do a lot of history about scurvy. If they'd just been eating <laughs> more oranges, but it's really true. There were real giant deficiencies because of the dietary restrictions or the unavailability, but mostly from a lack of knowledge. So what's kind of the wonderful America post-industrial complex vitamania story about the commercialization, if you will, about vitamins? Well, yeah, it's interesting, as you point out, you know, nutritional deficiencies in terms of vitamins, those have been around as long as there have been people because our bodies actually do need these 13 chemicals known as vitamins. So I always want to stress that as far as those 13 go, we really do need them and they really are essential. Uh, What I found particularly interesting when I was looking at the history of the stuff, 
uh, was that I kind of assumed that vitamins had been known about or the concept was familiar for a very long time, even if, as we all know, you know, there were all these sailors who needed to eat oranges and their teeth were falling out and all that. But it actually right. turns out that um, the word vitamin itself was only coined in 1911 by this Polish biochemist who was a very creative because there actually hadn't been any vitamin chemically isolated by that point. Um, and so that was kind of when the concept started to really be accepted by scientists and soon thereafter it spread to the public because there were a lot of nutritional scientists who actually were writing for the public and then also food companies realized that they there were these invisible tasteless substances that people needed in order to stay alive so that you couldn't you know you couldn't actually measure them so if you knew for example that brewers yeast or beer had x vitamin in it you could just make wild claims about that and no one would be able to to prove you wrong or or right and that really doff or set the stage for this increasing fortification of the food supply with vitamins and the use of vitamins as marketing tools. And then, as I was mentioning before, once the word vitamin began to be synonymous with dietary supplement, that opened a whole new world of marketing potential for these, you know, thousands upon thousands of products. One of the things you talk about in this historical arc is uh, toward the end of World War II, for those of you who remember, you know, they used to number them. Now they just go on endlessly. But uh, the vitamins were available in forms never seen before. Uh, a vitamin gum, which, you know, we think about it, salivation, uh, activate, get the vitamin. But I didn't know vitamin donuts ever existed. <laughs> yeah, vitamin donuts, I have the poster in my kitchen. Um, they were thiamine-enriched oh, donuts. Yeah, it's a great poster. It's a bright colors and has these two kids kind of mm-hmm. gazing longingly at, at the words vitamin donuts. Um, but that was at a time when there actually was a big craze about thiamine, which is B1. And that sounds kind of crazy to us today because hardly anyone thinks about thiamine. It's kind of a forgotten vitamin. Although I will say if you don't get enough of it, you'll get a disease called beriberi, which is horrible and will oh. paralyze you and uh, cause convulsions and, and kill you. So, you know, and there are That's people who good. might need the vitamin donuts. Yeah, that was, it seems ludicrous today, but actually there still are vitamin donuts I found online. Um, really? And yeah, there was a company, I'm not sure if they're still making them, it was a company run by some fo- former football player that was making vitamin donuts and then super <laughs> buns that I think were also vitamin fortified. Um, but anyway, you know, if you swap out thiamine with like vitamin D or, vi- I heard vitamin K is next. You, you have vitamins kind of cycling in and out of uh, of fashion. Well, yeah, um, like a lot of things. Um, When did the, the, you know, there's a whole lot here uh, about madmen, if you will, you know, ad men, and the whole culture, the consumer culturalization. Uh, Are we particularly suspect in all that? I'm, when I say I mean Western marketing and and uh, you know big pharma uh, and you know manufacturing of these vitamins into a, sort of a, a cultural um, foot you know just sort of what you do you know you have to get your vitamins first we're going to give well, you yeah. white bread that well, has yeah. no nutritional value then we're going to shoot vitamins in it to give you back your nutrition you know, wonder bread. Right, yeah. I mean, I think, I, I, I don't know if I would say it's a, 
I think we in the Western world are privileged in the sense that we don't need to worry that much about vitamin deficiencies because there's so many put into our food supply. And that fact makes us more susceptible to claims of crazier things that vitamins supposedly can do. Like, um, unfortunately, the, the vitamin C doesn't really prevent colds or, you know, you shouldn't take super doses of vitamins and think it's going to give you some kind of protection against all sorts of diseases. So, you know, that, that actually leaves us free to be susceptible to these claims. But, um, but also, I mean, in terms of the people making them, there are some, uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies that make some of the big brands. But I think it's also important to realize that this is a, in terms of the dietary supplement part, not the 13 vitamins yes. dietary supplements, that's like a whole other industry, many of, um, or much of which is made up of smaller players. Um, and that's a whole different world that we can talk about that's, it's much more concerning to me than the 13 vitamins. Okay. But uh, in regards to just sort of the vitamin culture, are there, uh, because we, I mean, we know that, you know, uh, there's a lot of malnutrition in the world. There's a lot of starvation every day. It's horrible. There are people who are dying from dehydration every day, if not just our inhumanity to each other. But are there pockets mm-hmm. of America or pockets of what we call so-called modern culture where there are still issues about things like vitamins? Well, I mean, yes, really honestly? Have, yeah, well, first to just affirm what you were saying in terms of the rest of the world. I mean, it's kind of terrifying to realize how many people are still suffering from vitamin deficiencies that we in the yes. Western world largely don't have to worry about. So there's an estimated 2 billion with a B people who are suffering from what's called hidden hunger, which is Basically, they have enough calories, but they're deficient in micronutrients. And one that always comes up that is pretty crazy is vitamin A deficiency, um, which the, the World Health Organization estimates is affecting between – they estimate that between 250 and 500,000 kids around the world are going blind because of vitamin A deficiency every year. And many of those kids, I mean, a really high percentage, may actually die as a result. And that's kind of crazy both in how horrifying that's it is. That's ridiculous in this day and age, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because you can actually prevent that by giving a kid a twice yearly supplement, like a squirt of vitamin A in their mouth. And if you give that to a kid who's beginning to suffer from night blindness, as it's called, they'll actually regain their sight within days. So just to say, you know, around the world, vitamin deficiencies are a really big problem. In terms of the United States, uh, we don't have outbreaks of of night blindness and we don't have outbreaks of scurvy, but that's not to say that these there aren't smaller. Um, incidences of these things. You know, there are stories of kids developing rickets, which is the vitamin D deficiency that makes your bones soft. Um, there are cases of scurvy. It is possible to eat such a horribly poor diet that you actually do put yourself at risk of vitamin deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Is that most of us? No, it's not most of us. But you can do it, and there are cases where this is an issue. Yeah, it's a, a, enough of a dependency on the manufactured so-called food or circumstances of e- economics that don't allow people, or for some reason, maybe the decisions they make, they don't get the things that they need, especially their kids. Um, anything's possible. Catherine Price is my guest. Her book, Vitamania, Our Obsessive Quest for Nutritional Perfection. Uh, and by the way, uh, Catherine, what's your preferred website? Um, it's Catherine with a C hyphen Price. Dot com. Someone else said Catherine Very Price. Good. Catherine Price with no hyphen is an acupuncturist, so I'm sure that's also nice. But mine is Catherine with a C <laughs> and a hyphen. Price. Yeah, I can even remember that. Catherine with a C, 
hyphen price dot com. Yeah, it's folks, horrible. The hyphen is horrible. If you don't remember what a hyphen is, you've been on it's your like a laptop. Dash shorter. <laughs> you've been texting way too long. Um there's a lot of different things we could touch on, but I think the thing that I'd like, you know, how much, what are we doing as a culture? Is there an average? I mean, how much, how much vitamins do we actually get when, and it's, you know, talking about food in the right kind of way to get vitamins is, is really where I wanted to go. But uh, I'll go ahead and take a stab at this anyway. Really just in the the sad, the standard American diet anyway, do we get enough vitamins really um Overall, if we're not eating at the Golden Arches six times a week, and who knows, maybe um, their synthetic vitamins do the trick or not. So uh, what about that? I mean, do we even need to take supplements, or is it only special case scenario? Well, that's, in it's an interesting question because people seem to or often seem to think it's a question of like, you know, oh, you have to eat kale for every meal. You know, that's the... That's required to get your vitamins. And what's particularly interesting to me about vitamins, again, the 13, the 13 vitamins, is that you actually don't need to eat the um, ideal diet, as it were, in order to get your vitamins because there are synthetic vitamins put into so many products in the American food supply. Most flour is enriched with B vitamins. You know, milk is enriched with, or sorry, fortification does not naturally exist in great quantities in milk. Um, so you actually could eat a produce-free diet and get most of, if not all, of your vitamin needs fulfilled. Yeah, and it, it's okay that they're synthetic in most cases. I mean, there's certain vitamins that are better synthetic and better certain ones that are better to get in foods that naturally contain them, um, just as vitamins. But uh, what you miss out on if you are doing that is that you actually, there's a lot of other stuff in, say, the kale or the broccoli that is not a vitamin that seems to do good things for your health. Um, and if you eat Wonder Bread, as you were talking about before, with all these vitamins added to it, it doesn't have all the other compounds that naturally exist in uh, foods that yes. just do contain vitamins. And same thing with vitamins themselves. Like vitamin C in isolation could act differently from vitamin C in an orange, not because the vitamin C itself is different, but because there's other stuff in the orange that could be acting synergistically with that vitamin C um, to do something else. So in other words, I, I think that most Americans can easily fulfill their vitamin needs through the standard American diet because there are so many artificial di or synthetic vitamins in the standard American diet, but it's not necessarily the best way to meet those needs because you're missing out on a lot of other good stuff in food. Jen, just so we're clear, you're saying that the synthetic vitamins uh, do the biochemical processes, are the same reactors create the same situations needed for the body to have that get up and go into function as natural vitamins in most cases, in half the cases, or are there certain, you know, distinctions Well, it really there? depends on the cases, and I don't think we fully understand it. But just as an example, folic acid, that's vitamin B9, um, which is essential in preventing neural tube defects, which is a type of birth defect, um, that folic acid, the synthetic form, is actually easier for our bodies to absorb than folate, which is the natural form found in leafy greens. Um, you know, same thing for vitamin B12. B12, which without which you'll have, like, delusions, memory loss, incontinence, anemia, is really a bad one. Um, that is very difficult to absorb from food because it requires a two-step process to actually cleave it from the food and then absorb it into our bodies. So if you take B12 that was made synthetically, it actually is easier to get it into you. So it kind of is a case-by-case -case basis 
and I don't think we know all the answers. But in general, it's interesting. There's no technical definition of a vitamin, and some of the vitamins have multiple um, multiple forms that are all lumped on the na- under the name, say, vitamin E. There's like eight different types of vitamin E, um, but they're really classified by their actions. So if they have the vitamin E action in the body, then they're referred to as vitamin E, if that makes sense. So it gets kind of complicated. I think people in general get stated on the, is this vitamin from a natural source or is this vitamin from a synthetic source? And I would suggest instead to ask yourself, did this vitamin naturally occur in a food? And if it did, it's better not because of the vitamin itself, but as I was saying before, just because there's probably all this other stuff in that food that could be beneficial that you'll miss out on if you're just doing the synthetic one. But, you know, there are people who need the synthetic ones in sort of a medical way. So, you know. I always find I feel better when I eat real food, though. Yeah, I think uh, you know, for many other reasons, <laughs> feel better. <laughs> really, the vitamins, uh, if it's frozen and microwave for dinner, something's lacking for me. That's uh, a mm-hmm. very rare, rare circumstance I'd ever see that, but that's just me. Um, but I would also recommend that people learn to cook and cook fresh food. There's something about uh, fresh food that came out of the earth that's really, really great, I think, for your body. Uh, I think it's something to do with energetics or something. Um, you know, I, I feel like there is a an energy in nat- in foods that are closer to closer to the earth in the sense of produce, things raised, grown, not even necessarily locally, but at least somewhat fresh. You know, the and and um, the packaging of foods. Uh, we're now a take-home your meal culture in so many ways. I don't think people realize how much more they spend because they're too busy thinking how easy it is to take it home and heat it and eat it. But it sure. Well, it's interesting in the case of dietary supplements, like you're saying, people will say, "Oh, I don't have enough money to." buy produce or even, I mean, it's funny just because as I was saying, you put cereal and get your vitamin needs, even though I don't think that's a good dietary choice. But if you look at the prices of some of the supplements people take, not really the vitamins, but the overall broader category, they're very expensive. <laughs> so you can be spending, you know, $100, $200, if not more, a month on these pills. And it always astounds me when people make the argument they can't afford the healthy food, but they can afford $200 on all these vitamins. pills that they don't really know the effects of. And, you know, it's like everything. Uh, uh, because America is so liberated, we can ha- really have obsessions that are really great. Are there people just really obsessed with taking vitamins? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you ran across individual scenarios of people with, you know, all these bottles lined up and they're going to do that process every morning, you know. It's like walking Jack LaLanne on, on amphetamine or something. Right. I mean, yeah, I did come across people who take a lot of uh, not just vitamins, but dietary supplements. But I will say that when I talk to people who actually research uh, nutrition and vitamins and I ask them what they were taking, they tended to have much, well, they'd either say I just eat a balanced diet or they would say they take a very, very, very limited number, like two or three things maybe. Um, So they're not taking, the, the people who know the most about nutrition are not taking handfuls and handfuls of uh, dietary supplements in general, or vitamins for that matter. So what about the, um, there's just a great uh, deal of insight in uh, Catherine Price's new book, Vitamania, Our Obsessive Quest for Nutritional Perfection. And you can also visit her at her website, Catherine with a C, 
hyphenprice.com. Lots of information there. Um, you could talk about the protective diet. What, what what are the parameters of the protective diet? Well, the protective diet was a phrase that was actually coined by this 1920s biochemist named Elmer McCollum. There's this great name in and of itself. And what he was recommending to people, this was in a column he was writing in McCall's magazine because um, he was one of those nutritional biochemists I mentioned who was both doing vitamin research and also writing in a way, writing directly to the public. So his readers had all these questions about what they should be eating, as you can imagine. And so he mm-hmm. used the phrase the protective diet to basically describe a diet that's focused around foods that naturally contain vitamins and that therefore seem to have some protective health effects. And at that time, he used that term and that concept because there was no way, as I was saying, to measure the quantity of vitamins in a particular food. No one knew how much of any of them we needed. There was a lot of uncertainty about the details, so you didn't really have a choice. But I actually really like the phrase now because I feel like in some ways we've gotten too obsessed with trying to figure out all the details of these things, you know, how much how much of each yeah. vitamin we need in precise amounts, or we try to break tomatoes down into uh, phytochemicals like lycopene. Um Instead of just saying, okay, well, which foods naturally contain vitamins? Those foods are likely to contain other good things for us as well. So let's just base our diet around those things. And I love the term protective diet because I think it's very simple, but it actually captures a very complex concept. And I also love it because I, I just think Americans have a real tendency to want to label themselves by what they eat. So, you know, if someone says, oh, I'm gluten-free or I'm vegan or whatever, and you're, you're you're just eating, like, vegetables. It's just kind of, it's much more fun to be able to say, like, oh, I eat a protective diet. So I like it for that oh, reason yes. as well. I have the protective diet phase two. Exactly, exactly. I, I went by you yesterday <laughs> in phase two. Right. Um, we, uh, my lovely wife Faye and I, you know, we we cook a lot of hum and all that. That's good. Um, we have uh, probably two fresh vegetables with every dinner. Uh, probably I have too much Mexican food at lunch, but I can't help it. I'm in Houston, Texas. That's the way it goes. But we also like, and I love, the, the fresh salads. And so we put lots of things in there, you know. It might not always have five or six things in it, but it often does. And that will be cucumbers, tomatoes, lettuce, uh, you know, purple onions. Uh, some other times it will be green onions, so on and so on like that. Do, does having that variety of those vegetables help to bring sort of a rounded vitamin mix to our lives by eating that five nights out of seven a week at least? Well, yeah. I mean, I would say actually that what you're doing, has it's about more than just vitamins. I mean, as I was saying, you could just well, get course. your vitamins from like a donut, but what you're doing is even better, which is that you are eating a variety of foods that contain a variety of not just vitamins, but phytochemicals, which is a fancy word for plant chemicals. Um, And it actually is true that it's a good idea to eat a a wide variety of colors. So that would be another aspect of this protective diet that's a very simple thing to do that has really Mm -hmm. good effects on your health. Because, for example, if you have a yellow or orange vegetable like a bell pepper um, or a carrot, that is an indication it contains beta carotene, which is a precursor to vitamin A. So tells you something about it. Or if you have a dark leafy green, it's more likely to have particular phytochemicals that are um, antioxidant properties or that, that are beneficial in different ways. So there actually are some color, some ways to kind of tell that there's good stuff by the variety of colors in the plant. Um, you don't need to get too much into details, but like you're saying, if you just pick a variety of different vegetables, or you could with foods of all kinds as well, but 
you do that every night, it makes it a great up. idea, and it really could be a nice variety of, yeah. uh, of things yeah. in your diet without having to stress about it. And congratulations to you being a new mom, but and you also talk about kids. What are what are Americans doing that they shouldn't do when it comes to kids and vitamins, even prenatal? Well, okay, first I should say prenatal vitamins are a good idea. Um, they actually should be started earlier than most people take them, and that's because of folic acid, oh. the vitamin um, B9 I was talking about before that can prevent these really potentially devastating birth defects. The trick there is that um, basically the vitamin helps this tube close in the embryo that turns into the brain and spinal cord. So it's very important this tube closes correctly. Oh, yeah. But if you, but this happens in the first four weeks of pregnancy, like in the first 28 days. So it often happens before a woman even realizes she's pregnant. So you really want to have enough folic acid before you conceive. And so if you're thinking about having a baby or if you have a chance of having a baby, you really do want to make sure that you're getting enough folic acid. But in terms of kids, I think that one of the mistakes we make is that we tend to look at a food's vitamin content we get so worried about the vitamins that we feed kids stuff that's otherwise totally unhealthy, um, like the cereals or go or whatever, uh, and we feel okay about it because we're like, okay, well, at least they're getting their vitamins. So it kind of camouflages poor food choices. So I think that's bad. I don't have anything against parents giving their kids multivitamins if they really want to, because I think that, that psychologically it's kind of, as you were saying with the, um, the one-a-day, that's just so ingrained in our minds, it's hard to break out of that. Um, but I will say that there's so many other foods in the food supply that are fortified with more vitamins that parents should definitely pay attention to the to, to the total. So if you're giving a kid a supplement, vitamin pill, or Flintstones or whatever, and then you're also giving them breakfast cereal, and you're also giving them some kind of snack that has been fortified with whatever, and then you're letting them have some, like, vitamin <laughs> water, you really could go very high, and you don't need to do that. So I'd watch out for that. Yeah, kids, you know, if you say vitamins and Flintstones, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, right, and, but the problem is the kid's still obese, <laughs> and that's not going away. Right. Yeah, so the vitamin didn't do anything about that. Um, this made a healthy obese kid at this point, but th- that's going to be something. <laughs> yeah, without scurvy. It's gonna no be, scurvy. No scurvy, no scurvy, but much, much, much danger later on in life, and a real diminishing of the quality of life. But there's so much right. more that, that can be added in. And and Catherine Price uh, has done that in her new book, Vitamania, Our Obsessive Quest for Nutritional Perfection. Do pick it up before you start swallowing uh, those Flintstones tomorrow morning with your kicks, okay, Mom and Dad? Not that you'd ever eat the kicks, right? Or was it tricks? Well, tricks are for kids, right? But kicks, well, it's a silly rabbit. Anyway, well, Catherine Price... <laughs> this is uh, a wild tour of breakfast cereal. We just went on. Yikes. Well, it's always... Count Chocula, but I couldn't even look at it. <laughs> I'm pretty picky. I like my oatmeal and uh, malt oatmeal. Uh, Catherine Price, thank you so much for joining us uh, live this evening. You've done a yeoman's duty here. What great work from Penguin uh, Press on uh, Vitamania and uh, her website, Catherine with a C, Catherine-Price.com. And uh, just a pleasure to talk to you this evening. Very informative. Thank you for doing us a great service. Well, thank you so much for the chance to talk with you. Thanks for joining me in the Love Cafe community. Don't forget, join us on Facebook at Scott Cluthy's Love Cafe and sign up for the newsletter. Till next time, 
This is Scott Pluthy. Thanks again for stopping by the Love Cafe.